Whether we want it or not, we've stepped into a podcast with Totally Biased Media. So let's get the taking out their host, one by one. Welcome to Totally Biased Media, the podcast where three brothers who know nothing about video games tell you everything they know about video games. Destiny has been the standard for live service and looter shooters for almost a decade. And with each expansion, the game grows exponentially. Lightfall is the newest expansion to hit the sci-fi epic, and with it comes an exciting campaign, a prestigious raid, a stunning neon city, and of course, lots of new loot. I'm Jackson, and Destiny 2 is my free therapy. I'm Jordan, and back in my day, Destiny didn't even have a 2 in it, much less a Lightfall. I'm Jason, and uh, I only bought Destiny once. And now, let's get into it. Y'all, it's time to talk about Destiny, something we have never, ever done on this podcast before. Trust me, don't go back and listen to any other episodes. It's never come up. No, that's terrible advice. Go listen to all the previous episodes to verify we've never talked about Destiny. We'll have a bingo board with each episode on it, and you mark it for if it talks about Destiny. You are guaranteed to fill out the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's bingo, but specifically you have to get all the squares. I think that's blackout or something like that. We'll make it easy for you, though. The good news is you don't have to listen to like 90% of each episode before we get to the Destiny conversation. So the retention's going to be excellent. <laughs> but anyways, Destiny 2 Lightfall. I've been kind of dreading this episode because I think it's really hard to talk about Destiny without having to assume a lot about the listener. (laughs) Because, like, Destiny is such a complicated game and it has so much history that it's really hard to get into. So there are very few new Destiny players. So when you talk about Destiny, you're either talking to people that have no idea what you're talking about or you're like seriously preaching to the choir. Like, I, I've been kind of not even really sure how to go about this one in a lot of ways. I, I think the best way to start is just by saying, uh, if you haven't played Destiny, it's just a really good shooter. In a very big package. Very, yeah. very big package. <laughs> like, I would say Destiny's just like first-person shooting is probably some of the best out there, right? Yeah, for sure. I prefer it over, like, the overly realistic kind of thing they go with for Battlefield, stuff like Call of Duty. But it also has the much more interesting abilities to go along with it, because it's basically a hero shooter where you get to customize your own hero. Um, That's a good way to put it, I think. Because even if you've not played Destiny, you've probably played... Uh, in Overwatch or one of the Call of Duties where you had like character skills and stuff. And it's just that, but multiplied out a thousand different ways. Maybe you even played Battleborn. You were the only one. Congrats. I pre-ordered that trash. I still have like a, like a figurine from when I pre-ordered that game somewhere around this apartment. We were excited <laughs> when Battleborn got announced. Yeah, I loved I loved Gearbox back then. In my mind, they could like do no wrong. But then they did a bunch of wrong, like back to back to back. But we're not talking about Gearbox yet, at least. <laughs> we're talking about Destiny. They'll come on. Um, yeah. So Destiny 1 launched almost 10 years ago. And at the time, it was a pretty bare-bones shooter. It was a 
you know, linear sci-fi action RPG kind of thing on top of a regular shooter. But like at the, you know, at its most core level, it was not anything that was too totally out of the norm. But across like four or five expansions of that game, and then a sequel, and then like seven or eight expansions to that game, we're now looking at a completely different beast with so much content and so many things to do and so many ridiculous ways to build a character. So I guess the the biggest and boldest thing about Lightfall, the sort of the crowning achievement, or at least what they're pretending is, is this new campaign. So uh, this time around, your guardian has basically crash landed on this city on Neptune called Neomuna. And it is a city that has been separate from humanity or really any living sentient beings for thousands of years. So its technology has evolved totally parallel to our own. And basically what that means is it's stuff from the future, but it looks like it's the 80s. <laughs> but we find out that the Cabal, the big alien enemy race from the base game of Destiny to have landed on Neomuna and are trying to steal this big mysterious thing called the Veil. And it's our job to stop the Cabal, get back the Veil, and do some cool sci-fi stuff while we're doing it. Before we get started, you're probably wondering, what What's is the, the Veil? Yeah, what is the Veil? Uh, just edit that to sync up and record it. <laughs> uh, you're editing this. Oh wait, yeah I am. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's sort of the biggest gripe that I have with this game's campaign is that it's not only inconsequential, it's almost like every detail is inconsequential because the events of this campaign are very clearly just set up for the next campaign, which is going to be like the big one. Like this is the one they've been building to for years. So this one is very much just in the way of that. Um, and it's like they didn't even care enough to make things like the Veil, which is this all-powerful thing, this entity that's just out of reach. There's not even really like an explanation of what it is or why they care or what it's doing. Like there's some vague references to like it's related to the Traveler or it's like a parallel to the Traveler, which is where all the Guardians get their power. But at the same time, it's only like danced around. No one's ever just like the veil is this, and we need to protect it for this reason. There's a uh, there, there's a mission after the campaign where someone talks about how it might be like a different version of the Black Heart from the original campaign. Um, there's two issues with that. One, that tells us nothing. Two, we still don't really know what the Black Heart did. So this this still t this, it tells us nothing. I think the simplest way to say it is the veil is the MacGuffin and we need it because the bad guys want it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the entire campaign is sort of in service of just protecting this thing. I wish it was in service of that. Well, I think the entire campaign is in service of they wanted to make a campaign that was like an 80s action movie. Um, and then they forgot most of the good parts. <laughs> yeah. There's like two training montages and that's kind of it. They're funny. Yeah, one of them you die several times in. Yeah, specifically kill yourself because you're experimenting with new powers and just like straight up destroy your own body, which is kind of undercut, of course, by the fact that guardians can 
basically revive themselves as much as they want with zero repercussion. Unless you're in a mission when that randomly goes away and we don't ever explain why. But that's something we just accept. The scene of the ghost looking at Osiris is hilarious. Hmm. After the Guardian kills himself on accident. There's a lot of just like... uh, can't even think of what, what the word is. There's a like there's a whole energy to this DLC that's just like everybody's just accepted that this is like a thing that's gonna happen. Like there's not even enthusiasm from the characters. They're just like, we're going through the motions at this point. <laughs> um, and I think that the actual campaign missions are fine. Like I don't like I think all of them are serviceable. None of them are actively unenjoyable, but they basically just serve as a springboard to do to use the new powers and weapons and abilities and whatnot. Like, they're not... None of them are so enticing in their own right that I'm just like, that was a great campaign mission. It's more just like, that was a fine campaign mission that let me do cool things independent of that campaign mission. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're already getting a little in the weeds here, but the last time Destiny introduced a new subclass, they did it really well with Stasis, where it's kind of the same thing where you encounter these objects in the world that have darkness energy and they let you use stasis because apparently ice is bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like the way that that's woven into the story is pretty satisfying. Like there, you'll do a couple campaign missions and then you'll encounter it and then you won't do it for a mission and then you'll see it again later and you get more powerful each time it comes up. Um, in this one, they tried to do the same thing with the new subclass strand, which is all about strings um strings are cool and they let you use a grappling hook but the problem is i felt in the campaign every time that you got to use strand it didn't really feel like you were getting much more powerful as compared to the last time you were using strand it's not like you unlock a new strand ability every time you get it so much as just you can use it for like a couple minutes and then your character has a tummy ache and he has to fall over. (laughs) There were some times where you would have stranded the campaign for like a minute at best. There's one point where you have it for 10 seconds. It's insane. They give it to you, you grapple, then you're done. And it sort of uses this like crutch throughout the entire campaign because every single mission you're about to do something cool and it's like, oh no, you can't do that because there's this shield generator or field dampener that gets rid of your powers or this boss is a shield that you can only break with strand so it it sort of brings the action to a halt tells you go get strand and then you come back and use it and it's just that's the solution to like four or five different missions and the game's only like what eight missions long or something like that yeah Yeah, like three two or three of these missions are just about strand they don't have anything to do with actually finding the veil uh, and beyond light when they introduced stasis that was just woven into the story like you'd be doing a normal story mission then there'd be a darkness crux and you would just get to use like stasis to wipe out a room and then you'd go back to the story yeah that said strand is really cool yeah and, for sure i mean stasis was also very cool uh because it was ice space <laughs> cool <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that Strand is really fun to use. I think it's just that it makes some pretty big mistakes with its introduction, just in that you're constantly forced to use it in very limited ways. And when you get it in the story, you have ridiculously slow or ridiculously low cooldowns. 
So you can be throwing off your grappling hook and your melee and your ult constantly. And then when you actually get it and you're dealing with basically the same cooldowns you use for any other skill or for any other subclass, it feels really bad. But then you learn how to build it back up with like fragments and aspects and all that jazz that Destiny does on the back end. Then it's really cool again. So like it really, there are definite peaks and valleys with Strand in this expansion. But I really like it now that I have Mm -hmm. gotten a lot of time with it and gotten a build that I am comfortable with and have exotics that feed into it and stuff. It's definitely the subclass that fits my play style the best, I would say. Mm. I've been using Ark for years. Yeah, since Taken King dropped and they came up with the new alt or the new uh the new ult for Ark with the Warlock, where you basically just kind of fly around like Emperor Palpatine and electrocute people. (laughs) Yeah. Uh and I never saw any reason to use any of the other subclasses once they added that. The fire one's also kind of cool for the warlock, where you get wings and a flaming sword. Yeah. But it'll never be as cool as being a wizard. Strand is also really good on Hunter, mostly because there is a... uh, One, there's an aspect for Hunter where you get a second grenade grapple. And two, there is a fragment that dealing damage of any type by literally anything will give you grenade energy. That's for everyone. That is for everyone? Yeah. Okay, I thought that was just for hunters, um, which I thought was dumb. <laughs> yeah. And I play as a Titan almost exclusively, and Titan's whole thing is that uh, historically they their barrier, which is like their secondary ability or whatever, I don't know what it's actually called. Class you, ability. Class ability. But uh, historically the barrier's been kind of lackluster. There were some exotics that made it kind of cool, but generally speaking, just throwing up a wall isn't as interesting as, like, you know, being able to put up a well that boosts your character like a warlock. or being Doing a do, flip. Yeah, doing the dodge roll thing, which doesn't sound very cool for hunters, but it also reloads your gun, and you can do it pretty frequently, so, like, it's cool. Or you can just straight up get your entire melee ability back. Yeah, you can do a lot of wild stuff, but... but the Titan has historically lacked in class ability. Like, it's just not as exciting as the others. But now, it's made it to where when you are using Strand and you put up that barrier, it shoots out this, like, wave of energy that holds people in the air and they can't get out of it. And Titans are entirely built around being able to suspend enemies in the air like that. I think it's actually called suspend. And, you know, that has totally changed how I play this game because... You know, if I am completely overwhelmed, I know I can just put up that shield and suddenly there's going to be like 10 people in front of me and none of them can even move. So like from the actual usage standpoint, I think Strand is awesome. Like I am really, really excited by what I've been able to do with it. And I really hope that they keep expanding on this because my only gripe with the way the Destiny, Destiny new the new Destiny subclasses work is that... Once they kind of finish them with 3.0, they kind of just let them do their own thing. Like, they stopped they stopped messing with the subclasses after they got them in their new form. They actually did just release two fragments for some of the subclasses and one for one of them for the uh, when Lightfall came out. Hmm. Oh, I didn't realize they, that. They did not tell anyone this. No, <laughs> no one knew about this. It just they happened. Didn't even, they didn't even tell the people that worked on the game. No <laughs> one knows where they came from. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that the whole new strand aspect is definitely what's carrying this, this expansion for me. Because I would say just about everything else about it is just fine. Like, I think that... Uh, 
you know, a lot of the new content is just okay or it's just more of the same. But it's a springboard to use these cool new abilities, which I am really enjoying. And Neomuna is really good for Strand, especially the grapple, because there's like some grapple points just around the map. Strong disagree. <laughs> there are like six grapple points around <laughs> yeah, the map. There definitely should be more. Um, I do think that there's extra in the Vex and Curtain zone each week, which is a zone called the Vex and Curtain zone. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what else happens with it, except there's like a few hobgoblins just standing around sniping you. Other than that, I really don't know what's going on there. Yeah. There's a lot of new content that's been introduced with this expansion that's either inconsequential or why it's important is like weirdly buried. And I think the Vex Incursion Zone is one of those where like there there is a change to like the loot pool and the enemy types and stuff, but... It's never just, you're never told outright why that matters. Like, there's no significance to there being an area where there just are some different Vex. Like, it's it's very strange the way they've landed on some of this stuff. Yeah, it's also weird because you go to those areas and you're still primarily fighting Cabal, not the Vex. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that kind of upsets me the most is that they made a big deal that this new map was going to be designed unlike any of the other maps previously. Like, it was all going to be based around the new subclass, Strand, and how you can use that to get around. Because really none of the other, yeah, none of the other subtypes have any kind of movement abilities. So Strand is pretty unique because of the grappling hook. And when you play it, it's there's nothing all that special about Neomuna design-wise yeah. compared to any of the other maps. And I get like it still needs to be a place where other subclasses can get around the map. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. it, it seems like the way they were talking about it is getting around on Neomuna was going to be completely different if you were using Strand. But what you kind of ended up with is just there are a couple of grapple points, and other than that, the map is designed exactly the same way as any other map in the game. Yeah, it doesn't even have, like, any hidden secrets or anything like the Dreaming City or the Throne World did. So it's it's cool to look at, um, but it's not, it's not as fun to go explore. Yeah. I, I think that what Jason was getting at sort of brings up how my opinion on this has changed the more I've played it. Because at first... My experience with this whole campaign was that they focused so much on making the subclasses balanced that they didn't let them be fun. But the more I've experimented with Strand, the more I've learned it is fun, but for totally different reasons than they advertised. Yeah. Like, the grappling hook is cool, but it is not this game-changing way to get around the city. It is just that sometimes you can shoot yourself up in the air real quick. Like, it's not, it is not this, like, fundamental change to the flow of Destiny like they were trying to sort of paint it as before it released. It's fun on Hunter, but that's because we get two, uh, two charges for the grapple, and we also have an exotic that gives us a 60% damage buff anytime we grapple. <laughs> I saw a video where someone playing as the Hunter, I guess they had somehow made it to where they had... I think it was like four grapples or three at least. And they played one of the raids and just completely skipped over one of the really long encounters where you're supposed to get stopped by the darkness. 
because just you can keep using the grapple even still. And then the hunter also has a special ability where uh, they can leave grapple points behind so their teammates can also use it. And also, anytime you use one of those grapple uh, points, you get your grapple returned to you. I don't know if that's just a hunter thing or if that's for everyone or not. That's for everyone. Yeah. I will say, I think that Neomuna is really cool aesthetically. Yeah. Like, it definitely has that cool synthwave stuff that they were selling in the trailers. It's just the map designs itself, like the way platforms are laid out, that I'm a little disappointed with. The most 80s thing about it is the hunters have a helmet that gives them a red bandana. <laughs> There's a lot of neon. That's pretty 80s. So one thing that I think that this expansion really wanted to focus on, because like I said, it's clearly just set up for the next big one, is a quality of life overhaul that Destiny 2 has been drastically needing for a while. And in my mind, the changes they made are 50% excellent and 50% don't matter. <laughs> um, the excellent part mostly comes in the form of the new loadout system. So in Destiny, you have basically 10 pieces of equipment on you all the time between three weapons and your ghost and your artifact and your five pieces of actual armor, you have a lot of gear to manage. And before, you used to have to go and manually go through menus to select every single piece. Well, now they've made it to where you can save loadouts and just quickly pull them off of a list, which is excellent. <laughs> because that means I can just have a loadout for like every subclass and I can just press two buttons and switch an entire armor set and my weapons. And unfortunately, you can't change your artifact mods, but this is still a huge improvement. So. Hopefully that'll come a different day. But yeah. um, one of, I think one of the best quality of life changes other than the loadouts, which are so good because um, as we all know, I am an avid De Destiny player. Last season, I had like six different loadouts, all different stuff. Um, other than that, the mod system has been very streamlined this season. Mm -hmm. It makes It makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. It makes enough sense that I started using them. Yeah. <laughs> it makes enough sense that I'm now confused on how to use them. It's it's really interesting because I think one of the reasons that Destiny became so unapproachable to new players was half that there are a bunch of expansions that you still have to buy individually, which sucks, and half that so much of the high-level content was balanced around having the perfect mod loadout. Mm -hmm. But the mods... Not even just they're hard to like understand, even just the way they're written was totally indecipherable yeah. because it starts throwing out these weird, like this weird destiny jargon that means nothing if you haven't been playing it. Destiny desperately needs a glossary in yeah. game so you can just look up what all of the different effects are. Tell me, Jason, do you know what a war mine cell is? <laughs> do you know what an elemental well is? I know what an elemental well is. Do you know what a charge with light is? I I don't know what these things mean. <laughs> yeah, these were the these were the three basic mod types last season. And they were so convoluted. And now they're all gone and it's for the better. Yeah. I think that what they've done with the new mod system is great because the mods are admittedly less like exciting, I guess, so to speak, but they're way like what they just they do things that make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, you get X buff if you get a kill. Like, this weapon gets more ammo. 
this one reloads faster. Like it's it's very simple stuff, and it's what it should have been all along. But they just wanted it to keep growing, so it kept getting more and more complicated. That said, I do think they've kind of simplified a little too much, where it just feels like all of the mods either give you slightly increased damage, slightly increased like ammo capacity, or they give you armor charge. Yeah. The mod system is now mostly built around armor charge. That is really the only, like, specialty mods now. Um, The way those work is there will be certain mods that when you do certain things, it gives you armor charge. And then those armor armor charges can be used for different things. For instance, I have my build set up that anytime I have armor charge and I use my class ability... It uses those armor charges to refund class ability energy, and then I'll have it back like instantly. But I think the biggest reason they made this mod change is because previously you had overpowered armor mods and overpowered artifact mods. And one, they got rid of the overpowered armor mods, and now the artifact mods are a lot more powerful. Two, you don't have to slot the artifact mods to use them now. Once you unlock them, they'll just be applied to your character. It's that such is a the nice change. change. Yeah. yeah. So instead of only having like two or three of those at a time, you can have 12 up at a time, which like five of those are probably just going to be your like champion stunners, but the rest of them are pretty good. Yeah, the the new I'm really excited to see what they do with future seasons for the seasonal mods because all the ones they introduced this season are really fun. Like I think that they revitalize builds that were previously a lot less viable. Mm-hmm. Like for example, um, last season, I last season I admittedly got very very powerful. I've basically just watched a video that's like, here's how you become an unkillable god as a solar titan. And I happened to have like eighty percent of the items it recommended, so it's like I'm gonna do this, and it was like spot on. I have no idea what a lot of the mods were actually doing on the back end, <laughs> but like it did make me very powerful and very hard to kill. This season, I can actually look at it, and it's like, oh, that sounds really cool. Cool enough that I'm going to change which grenade I use and which aspects I use. And, like, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I've mostly been using Strand, but I do go back to Solar sometimes. And previously, I used exclusively healing grenades. Grenades that didn't do damage. You just throw them at your feet, and you start healing. But this time, they have all these mods that benefit one specific Solar grenade. So I've gone all in on that. It's just not a build I would have messed with otherwise, but because it buffs it in so many ways, I'm having a lot of fun using this, and I never would have otherwise. And that's what the seasonal stuff should be doing. And there's one mod that anytime you pick up an orb of power, which are very easy to acquire, your void weapons get volatile rounds, which is a buff with um, the void subclass. And you don't have to be on that subclass to use it. You can just have a void weapon and then have one of the most powerful abilities in the game at all times. It's what does cool. Volatile do? <laughs> uh, volatile makes it to where when you shoot an enemy, they get the Volatile debuff. And as you keep doing damage, they then explode. Yeah, you shoot them okay. once to make them Volatile. You shoot them a second time to make them explode. It is a lot more powerful than it sounds. Yeah, it's very, very good. I use it for everything that is hard in this game. <laughs> yeah. I thought exploding enemies was bad. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for explaining that part. <laughs> uh, this um, is a good explosion. There are a lot of bad explosions in Destiny, but this is one of the good ones. But as I mentioned, uh, anti-barrier and all those champion mods are back. Um, 
But people have not liked this for a while because it's very annoying to be locked to like a pulse rifle for an entire season for anti-barrier champions. But now some of the different subclass abilities do those things, which is awesome because now I don't need an anti-barrier thing because volatile rounds will do anti-barrier. Yeah, every subclass has like some champion that it's especially good at dealing with even without the right weapon, weapon, which is very cool. Uh, also, Strand is just the trump card because Strand can suspend enemies and <laughs> champions can't do anything while they're suspended. And I love that. <laughs> so. Anti-Barian hobgoblins are nothing now. <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny. I guess they knew that everyone was going to be using Strand, so there are a bunch of abilities that'll make it to where if your teammates are using another subclass, <laughs> they get a buff. Yeah. And I just find that really funny. Yeah. Because I'm imagining... Unless you're getting the high-level play, most people are probably ignoring that. Yeah, I'm sure it's... I'm sure that the... I mean, I've seen it myself just going into matchmake content. Uh, 80% of people are using Strand exclusively right now. I use Strand probably 90% of the time. Um, I'm, I'm just... I've played just enough now that I'm starting to branch out a little bit, but still very heavily leaning towards Strand. Now, those were the good quality of life changes. Let's get into the okay ones and the the bad ones. So um, the first one that comes to mind when I think uh, the the changes that just did nothing are... This commendations. New, yeah. No, those made the game worse. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. We'll get into that in a second. <laughs> Sorry. All right. The whole new journey system where the game like recommends content and you have a rank associated with that instead of it just showing your like seasonal level or your power level. Uh, that's nothing. That doesn't make any difference whatsoever. Yeah. It's, it's really annoying because, um, I mean, we've gone over this before. Jackson plays an insane amount of Destiny I compared have... to, at least compared to me. I, I think Jordan's kind of somewhere in the middle between us. Um, I have but... over 2,000 hours in this game. <laughs> what level were you? Level six. That is what everyone starts at <laughs> so, when the DLC launched. Yeah. Both of you are the same level as me. Yeah. Yeah. And so. what's kind of funny is we're closer to seven than Jackson <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This level means absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's Basically, just... if you played Destiny 2 prior to Lightfall, you're level six. Mm -hmm. Like, there was no other, like, there were basically five levels that were worthless in this scale. It only goes to 12, and one through five don't exist. <laughs> A big reason they made this thing was to to help new players understand the game. And I can't speak for that because that's basically levels one through five, and I didn't do those. Um, yeah. Um, and each, each level has a different set of challenges connected to it that you have to do to reach the next level. And this is where I get into the bad stuff. Um, on level, to get to level seven, you have to get 460 accommodation points, which is a new system where at the end of matchmate activities, you can give out accommodations to your teammates. Are they worth different amounts? No. Okay, because you need to hit, it's commendation level 750 to hit level 7. I don't they, know they if they lowered changed it. They changed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, they lowered it, and it's still an Way outrageous too high. number. <laughs> now, that score does include points you've given and received, but those points only come from matchmate activities. So if you've been running the, you know, DLC stuff since there was a new DLC, <laughs> you haven't increased this number. 
I only have like twenty points, if that. Yeah, so I was right. Like, we are closer to rank seven. <laughs> I think I only have like just over a hundred, maybe, and that's even with me doing a lot of the seasonal content after I finish the DLC. So I think my rank went up by like twenty points just for the fact that we did uh, a couple of match made activities the past couple days. Yeah, and like, it's funny, Jordan. And I have been playing together basically the whole week. Uh, Jackson has not been able to join us at all. But the commendation system, because it is used for those levels, people are just given them out because they need to level it up. Right. And like... Yeah, if somebody... If you do a match-made activity with someone and they don't give you a commendation, they're just being a jerk. Yeah. Like, before it was just like, okay, I finished a mission. I might or might get a commendation. It doesn't matter because it does nothing. Now it does matter. Well, and that's bad. Wait, there were commendations in the game before this? No, I mean like in other games that oh, have the commendations. Okay. Yeah. They don't matter in those. Usually games. it's a sign of whether someone is a good player to, you know, play with. Right. But I don't think it really shows you commendation level anywhere. Now if you don't uh, get an accommodation, it shows you who the bad players are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like Jason and I, we had a we had a run of the new seasonal activity yesterday. And our, maybe it was this morning, I don't know. But we had a run of the new seasonal activity, and we had a partner that was just terrible. They were not contributing in damage. They were not reviving. They were just not helpful in the slightest. But we both still had to give them commendations because it was going to hurt us if we didn't. Like, so. it's, it's not a good system. It feels very pointless. Um, also, if you're just doing uh, three-person content, there's only two commendations <laughs> you can give out. It's either joyful or considerate. Essentially, I don't know exactly what they're called. Yeah, it uh, does change for like different activities. Like raids and trials will have different ones, but all the basic ones are just like joyful and considerate. <laughs> it's like we what kind of nice are you? <laughs> we gave the guy that was a, a problem joyful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I just think it was this was an unnecessary change. But there's also no benefit to ranking up, is there? No, there's not. You get you get a seven it. next to your name. Yeah. What more do you want? So like, not only is it a bad system, it's a bad system that doesn't matter. Like, yeah. like it, it's actively just taking away from time you could be doing the good stuff in the game. Like, yeah. Well, it's like there's already titles, yeah. which I think kind of do the same thing. Where right. anyone that doesn't have a title, and this includes me and Jordan, like you know that they have not played the game as much as someone that has. Wow, imagine not having the Gambit title. (laughs) I'm not going to play Gambit. Gambit sucks. Oh, Uh, yeah, that's something we should... uh, uh, No changes to Gambit or Crucible. That's all we're going to (laughs) say. Yeah, that was actually what I was about to jump in with as well, is keep in mind everything we're discussing is through the lens of we have not played any Crucible, any Gambit, or done the raid. Because uh, Crucible and Gambit are terrible. And we don't have enough people for the raid, so... Uh, we I can, are actively searching them out. <laughs> I, I can tell you what I've heard about these activities. I heard from one person that Gambit was fun. I don't believe them, and they are dead to me. I think Gambit is fun if you've only played Gambit a couple times. Yeah. Crucible, heard nothing about. Raid, I've heard is all right. I've heard it's really easy. Like, I've heard it's really... Raid in the game. Oh, yeah, I've heard it's the easiest raid in the game. By far, it had the most like day one completions. Um, it had more day one completions than the rest of all day one completion raids combined. Yeah, I also I think that its uh, nickname is funny. 
Ron. Yes. The full name is Root of Nightmares. Yeah. It's uh, like the lore behind the raid's cool. Uh, because I guess I don't want to spoil it yet. Uh, it hasn't been out too long, but it's cool lore. If you want spoilers, look it up. If you don't, don't don't look it up. I watched the video that comes at the end of it because I was thinking, like, I'm never actually going to play this. Um, but I would still like to. I'd like to at least try it at some point. I would like to have a raid team in general because I feel like there is a whole level of Destiny we're just not even seeing. Like We, we have enough seen, for dungeons. We haven't seen the end of any DLC. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, not even Destiny 1 DLCs. Uh, which I think King's Fall is still in the game. Yeah, they that's that from back. the end of mm-hmm. Taken King, so we can finally see what the end of Taken King is—an <laughs> expansion that we played ten years ago. At least now, the uh, the raids aren't tied to like the actual like main story of DLCs anymore. They're right. more side stories, but still kind of sucks. Yeah. But regardless, I still think like what we have played of this one is still like at least good enough that I am enjoying you know using the strand stuff and the new weapons actually we should get into the new weapons because we haven't talked about the new loot at all um this is one of the this is one of the aspects that I think people are pretty divided on because in my experience these are some of the coolest exotics in destiny 2 but they are also probably some of the hardest to actually use effectively because all the exotics they've introduced have very strange powers. Yeah. Some of them, I think, are cool. Like, Quicksilver Storm, which technically... Cool. My favorite gun in the game Yeah, now. it's it's very cool. It is currently bugged. Exotic primaries are supposed to have a 40% damage buff. Um, it doesn't have that. Yeah, we've, Jordan and I <laughs> talked about that. It doesn't have that, it doesn't but it's, have it's still that. good. It's still really good. Yeah, um, It's going to be absolute. Like, it's going to decimate everything whenever they fix it. Which, but. that gun technically came out two seasons ago, but it didn't have its catalyst yet. All right. You didn't know that? No, I just no. kind of assume when you get a new gun for starting a DLC that it's probably from the DLC. No, People that a, pre-ordered Lightfall yeah. got it. Mm-hmm. Two, oh, got yeah. it, like, two seasons ago, but they couldn't use the Strand stuff yeah. with it, obviously. Um it now, uh, the, the catalyst for it adds Strand, and Rocket Kills will create Tangles. Which Tangles are a whole new thing with Strand. I don't really even know if it's worth trying to explain um, them. They explode. Um, and they're orbs, which is yeah. the most common thing in Destiny. Yeah, Destiny loves orbs. Orbs are everywhere. You yeah. pick it up and you throw it at an enemy, and then the enemy's gone. Yeah. yeah. But there's like... Or you can grapple on them. There's a lot you of really interesting... You can grapple on the orbs? Yep. You can grapple on any moving op. You can grapple on rocket from does rocket launchers. Does the orb refresh your... Yes, yeah, uh, so it will not count as a, as a uh, grapple I didn't use. know that. That's a game changer. Yeah. Wow. This is why... This is, must be why I've enjoyed the grapple much more than you guys. <laughs> there are lots of times I will kill enemies, save the tangle until I have my grapple, and then when I'm ready to leave the area, I just throw it and then just grapple on it. That's insane. I had no idea that's how it worked. It is awesome. Um, <laughs> well, The game uh, tells you this nowhere. Yep. But for the other exotics, though, I mean, there's stuff that's really cool. Like, there is what is effectively a smart pistol, like uh, a pistol that tracks targets and then fires in a burst. That if you've go played after them. Titanfall 1, that's probably the most familiar one. I think yeah. Titanfall 2 has it as, like, an ability. Yeah. But it's basically a pistol that'll automatically lock on to nearby enemies, and then when you pull the trigger, the bullets will fly towards the enemies. Yep. It's very cool. It's not the most powerful. I think big part of that is because most of Neomuna has Cabal that have shields in front of yeah. them. 
and you have to hit specific weak points, and this gun does not aim for those weak points. No. But when you're using it against like a small like herd of Vex, it's pretty pretty fun. Yeah, we it's really fun to, to use. In just a moment. After we're done talking about the weapons. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's also like a, a new stasis glaive that can fire like moving turrets that shoot ice beams at people, and then when the actual turret thing hits, it also freezes in an area, which is really cool. It is not nearly powerful enough to take over like your only exotic slot and your heavy weapon, though. I have heard that on Stasis Warlock it's very good, because mm-hmm. Stasis Warlock already has turrets. So ah. then you just have a stationary turret and a moving turret. <laughs> nice. Also, I- the melee from the Glaive does a lot more damage since it's in the heavy slot. Yeah. I, too, love Moira from Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff here that I think could be really it's really fun to use. It's just stuff that I don't know if it's necessarily going to be like excellent in high like high level content. There's Your strike is all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played it the one time for the campaign. Have not touched it since. It's uh, more it's, fun after the campaign when you just already have the ability. It's the nightfall this week, so Jason and I have played it a couple of times already. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know it's cool. It takes you into like. There, there are, there aren't any story missions that take you inside of like the Vex network, but there is the strike and some secondary content that does headlong. Yeah, there's there's one story. The second to last mission, or oh. the one that has the time trial for it. Yes, that one's that one's almost entirely in the Vex network. Okay, that's my my mistake. The story doesn't take you to the Vex network very often, <laughs> but there are there is a lot of secondary content that will take you there, like the new strike and some one of the lost sectors, and one of the new weekly missions. Yeah, yeah. What's so. that uh, mission that we did yesterday? Um, that one was all in the Vex network, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't think of it. It was either Partition or Avalon. Partition. There's actually two. There's one with the DLC called Partition, and one with the season called, uh, like, no.randomstringleletters.avalon. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to talk too much about that, though, because it's not campaign. It's not DLC stuff. It's seasonal stuff. I think you can talk about the seasonal stuff. I haven't Especially- beat it yet. If it's from the same season as the DLC. Yeah, I mean, I get that you haven't beaten it yet. So that's a fine reason not to talk about it. But I think we can cover it. Everything that's part of this season is also part of this DLC. Yeah. And, we, like, obviously there's going to be story beats we don't know yet for this season. But, like, so far it's all right. Um, yeah. The activity's fun. Um, I don't care too much for the loot. Um, I haven't found anything in it that I found is too interesting. Or better than things we already have, which is also an issue I have with the legendaries from the campaign. There's a few new good perks, like the strand weapons are cool because they're the only strand weapons. The other ones I don't care to, I don't care for that much though. I like what they've done. I mean, I guess it depends on what I'm doing, but generally I'll say I like what they've done with difficulty in the game because when you're exploring the open world, generally. Most of the stuff is a decently high light level, and when you're going into activities, generally everything is a higher light level than you are, which mm-hmm. is a nice change of pace because you don't really go into any missions and just absolutely stomp all of the enemies anymore. Like, there's a decent amount of challenge no matter what activity you're doing. I do think it is applied to too many activities. It is, a, it is applied to the entirety of Neomuna. I feel like it should just be applied to the Terminal Overload activity, 
and the Vex Encouragement Zone. But the rest of it should just be, like, normal level content. I will say, and maybe it's just because I've been playing mostly through the DLC content, it's harder to increase your light level this season than previous seasons. Yeah. Just because when you are a lower light level, since everything is a higher level, so, like, until you hit 17... I think 1765 was around the point where everything started feeling, like, fine again, and it wasn't a huge issue. But the campaign doesn't quite get you to that point, so there's a decent lapse between the campaign and when you hit 1765 where you just feel horribly underpowered and everything absolutely annihilates you and i don't remember having this issue i don't play every season like i didn't play the past two seasons but i did play quite a bit during uh the season that released with witch queen and i i don't remember having that kind of issue with them that actually brings me to something that i didn't even really think to talk about but probably should um I circumvented that problem altogether because I did the Legendary Campaign. If you beat the Legendary Campaign, you're given a full suit of 1770 armor and weapons. Um, you should have mentioned that a few days ago <laughs> when I was complaining about how hard it was to get a higher light level. Well, I will say, if you were looking for an easy way to do it, the Legendary Campaign is not the way to do it. No, it, it is, is brutal. I yeah, think the two um, of us could have done it. Oh, yeah. Like, it's difficult, but not the same way the Witch Queen Legendary Campaign was difficult. That which one I never diff- did that. That one was difficult mostly because it had, like, actual mechanics to it. The missions felt like mini-dungeons, which are mini-raids. So, many mini raids <laughs> um, And, like, they were actually interesting. Each level had a new mechanic to work with, for the most part. There's, that only happens, like, two times in Lightfall. Um, the boss does not have any sort of, like, special way to beat it the way that Sabathun did. You just shoot Callus a bunch. <laughs> um. Yeah, the, the hard thing about the boss yeah. fight in this one is more the enemies that get spawned than the boss itself. I yeah. think the boss itself is kind of a joke. Destiny's been doing this cool thing the past few seasons where they have infinitely spawning enemies. So you take them all out, there's just more now. Deal with it. Yeah, which, like, I know that's been, you know, that's something that video games have relied on too heavily forever, but I thought we were kind of past it for a while, but I'm seeing it in games again, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, but as as this part of the conversation started, um, the exotics. Um, I just thought we were done with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's still one we didn't mention. Oh, okay. is there? Yeah, the, the Void... LMG. Oh yeah, there's a new L- void LMG called uh, what's it called? I don't, I don't use remember. it. <laughs> it's got ricocheting bullets and um, it has a weird firing pattern. Yeah. It's where, a, like yeah, every fourth shot is more powerful, and every sixteenth shot is a lot more powerful. Every fourth shot applies weaken to targets, and every sixteenth shot applies volatile. This weapon is not good. <laughs> it should be, because it sounds really cool. Yeah. But it's just... One, it takes up an exotic slot. Two, you only get a volatile shot every 16 rounds. It should be I can every... do that every round with my Void SMG from, like, a year ago. It should be every fourth shot applies volatile, and every 16th shot applies weakened for a long time. Like, that should be the fix. Or just, I like, think... a stronger version of weakened. I yeah. think it should just alternate every four shots. That would be much cooler. Yeah. Th- then you would trigger, you know, it would take 12 shots for you to actually trigger Volatile. But 
still cool. Well, any shot can cause an explosion once something is oh, volatile. Okay. Once you've inflicted something volatile, you could pull out a different weapon and explode them with it, which is really I, cool. I think if it alternated, like that would be a really cool thing to keep track of. Yeah. Especially if it didn't reset when you reload. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I will say, like, I still think this gun falls into the category of, like, it's fun to use sometimes. It's just not very good. Like, it's mm-hmm. not... If you're doing high-level content, it's not a viable option in, like, any situation that I'm aware of. Now, the mission for it very, very cool. cool. Yeah. Um, the mission for it, you get after you beat the campaign. It's part of the post-campaign suite of quests, um, which I don't want to spoil because I thought the ending was very cool. Yeah. Um, but I think the post-campaign overall is pretty good. Better than the actual campaign. in my Oh, opinion. yeah, much better yeah. than the campaign. And much better than Witch Queen's post-campaign, too. But it's it's weird. <laughs> some of it requires you to do some stuff that you were not quite ready for after you beat the campaign. Yeah. Um, so I started doing that stuff after I beat the campaign, and then I realized I'm not high enough light to do this post-campaign stuff. The stuff I should be doing right after the campaign. So then I played the legendary campaign to get that sweet, sweet armor. And then I did all that stuff. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. You kind of have to pick your crutch. You're either going to play the legendary campaign right after doing the regular campaign, or you just need to have a friend. Yeah. <laughs> because playing with someone else, I think, alleviates almost all of the issues, mm-hmm. um, except dying too fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I found a lot of the interesting things with the post-campaign to be a lot of the lore stuff. The quest that you do for the stasis glaive has some pretty interesting lore. The stuff for the LMG, um, not too much lore, but the mission's pretty cool. And the sidearm's just there. <laughs> I'm finally, I mean, I guess I only have broad strokes. I, I had to sit around and watch, like, a four and a half hour video so I could figure <laughs> you out. You watched the whole thing? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. I needed to figure out what the lore of Destiny 2 <laughs> is. Because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. There's... If you didn't play during the seasons, there's no way to get the story from those seasons. Yeah. And they've been doing seasonal content like that for... Two years. Two years yeah. now. They've so that is how many seasons? Eight. Eight. Eight? Yeah. yeah. Actually, no. They've been doing that for three years. It was since Forsaken. Since, um, or not Forsaken, since... Since Shadowkeep. Shadowkeep, yeah. So they've been doing it for three years, 12 seasons. 12 yeah. seasons... And Some if you which, weren't playing during any of those seasons, there's no way to get the story mm-hmm. in-game from those seasons. Witch Queen's story was good enough that even as someone that didn't play any of the seasonal content and didn't really know what was going on, the story was told in a way that made it really compelling. Mm-hmm. Like, I was really interested to see what happened and learn more about Savathun. And this game doesn't really have it. I mean, Niamuna was teased at the end of Witch Queen. They were like, there's some kind of city on on Neptune, but they didn't really like say anything beyond that. That was really all we knew about it, literally, until Lightfall dropped. Because just there the idea of there being this hidden city was still yeah. like that was the that was the most detail we ever got. Because <laughs> one well, of the I, best things that yeah. Witch Queen did was it incorporated the lore into the story without having to know the lore beforehand. Yeah. It, really, it laid everything out that you needed to know for the right. story. And it was just kind of a compelling story on its own, mm-hmm. even without all the other lore. And Lightfall does not give you the lore you need to know. Lightfall doesn't also, even tell you what the MacGuffin is. Yeah. We're not going to find that out until a chain of quests next season. 
three months from now. Yeah, it's all just... Clearly, this was just meant to be filler, and not only just a filler expansion, but they needed a year of filler content. Here's the thing. Originally, when they announced Beyond Light, they announced It, Witch Queen, and Lightfall. They announced those three, and then when Beyond Light got delayed, they announced that they realized they needed to add a fourth DLC, Final Shape. It is heavily speculated, and there is some leaks pointing to the fact that Final Shape is going to be what Lightfall originally was. I could see that. Which is very, very obvious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of this expansion was just kind of thrown together to... So that there would be enough content that they could push out these quality of life changes and call that its own expansion. Which they've done that before and did it great. Because that's what the 30th anniversary DLC was. Mm. It made a bunch of quality of life changes by giving abilities their own cooldowns. Not just like, grenades are set to this and melees are this. Different ones have their own thing. They tuned damage significantly so it actually the ones that were weak were good. And the ones that were overpowered were not overpowered. And then it gave us a dungeon. And it was great. It was 25 bucks. Very good very good money spent. And it added a bunch of free stuff. Like all the stuff Jackson mentioned, except for the dungeon just now, was free. You didn't even have to buy that DLC yeah. to get it. Because there was they also released the um I uh, the Dares of Eternity six player made activity then. And you didn't have to have the DLC to do that. Dares of Eternity, I think, is still the best. It is the best match made activity in the game. Yeah. I still play it regularly. But and it's funny. Yeah. I love Star Horse. <laughs> and like it feels like Lightfall was trying to do that. Be filler before the big important thing. And it didn't do it well because it presented itself as a DLC and it's a bad DLC. <laughs> it's also called Lightfall, but like you think there would be some kind of repercussions in the story, but it doesn't feel like anything major happened except for I've seen multiple people say you could watch the very first cutscene and the very last cutscene and just it it feels like a single scene playing out. Mm -hmm. Like nothing important happens in between at all. Yeah. You just meet a bunch of people who, if I'm guessing, not gonna be that important moving forward. And then the story that was already happening keeps going on. Yeah, and to make matters worse, after you beat the campaign. And I can't talk specifics because it's spoilers. They talk about a thing that happened that doesn't happen? Yeah, I just think that inconsequential is kind of the word that keeps coming to mind when I think about this expansion as a whole. Because like, it's not to say it's not fun, that there's not good content, but it's just more of the same. Yeah. It's not... The, aside from the quality of life stuff and the strand upgrade, this is just more of the exact same content we've been getting for basically mm -hmm. three years now. Which, like, is still good, but it's not groundbreaking or interesting enough on its own. Like, I'm not going to try to, like, I wouldn't try to get other people into Destiny anyways. I'm definitely not going to do it for this one. Like, Yeah, this is, there is definitely good stuff with this expansion, but it is definitely the most disappointed I've been with one since probably... That one on the moon sucked. I, I, yeah, Shadowkeep wasn't great, but at least it didn't set up a bunch of promises. Mm. It didn't promise us, because this was supposed to be the Infinity War of Destiny 2. Um, 
It's really like the ant wasp. The ant, the ant, yeah. <laughs> Not even the Ant Man. The Ant Man and the Wasp of Destiny Two. <laughs> no, no, no. I think Ant Man and the Wasp is a really good one. Yeah. Where like they the, go on a whole adventure, and then you see the post credit scene, and it's just like actually a whole bunch of bad stuff happened. You guys just weren't there for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Which is really disappointing because the next DLC is going to be the end game of Destiny Two. We hope. We hope. Now I. <laughs> now I. Um, very, very cautioned, but cautionly anti-optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Because I was mostly excited for this DLC because of the story. Because there was some stuff that was going to go down. And then it didn't. <laughs> I think the best way to put it is that, barring the new map, this doesn't really feel like the kind of... The amount of content that we should be getting from a DLC. It feels more like just a normal season. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, I think if I think if Destiny was giving us this amount of content every season, it would be incredible. Yeah. But like this feels more in line with a really good season than with even just an okay expansion. I wouldn't even call it a good season. I'd call it an okay at best season. <laughs> but good season for the amount of content. For, for the yeah. amount of content, yes. Yeah, uh, only mean, there. Eight new missions, which, let's face it, after you do Legendary Campaign, you're probably not going to play most of them ever again. Yeah. Unless you want to do the weekly campaign mission. Or do them on a different character, which I'm probably going to do. Well, I'm saying, like, on your main character, or, like, once you've done the story missions, you're not going to go back and do them again on that same character. You're going to do the other stuff. Mm. So, it adds a new strike. <laughs> We'll see that a lot, just through the regular rotation. <laughs> Does it add... Is there a new raid coming? The raid's already out. Is there... Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about it earlier. The we talked about it because we haven't Ron. played it. Ron. Yeah. We'll get to it. We'll talk about that on a... Episode five years Pulling the plug, I guess, at some point. I, we're, we're probably just going to end up playing with strangers. <laughs> well, we have... So we have a six-year-old brother. We just got to train him up. And we gotta convince our parents to have two more kids. And then we gotta train them up. <laughs> so yeah, five years. I was right. It's in a weird state, though, Destiny, just mm. in general. Especially yeah. for getting people to play it, which really sucks. I've because been... like I have friends that played even up through Forsaken, and like I you can't even convince those people to get back into the game now because like they know how much they've missed. Yeah. I've been saying, like, since Beyond Light, if not Shadowkeep, that Destiny is good for the people that already play it and may as well be non-existent for the people that don't. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Getting either of you into it again was a miracle. <laughs> and that's just because you guys had already played it before. Yeah. I mean, I play every DLC. Just yeah. the DLC. <laughs> I don't... I can't... I mean, I'm, I guess I'll try. I said I was going to try when Witch Queen dropped, too, and then I didn't. But, you know, like, I'll try to stick around for the subsequent seasons because, like, I think the story stuff that drops during the seasons is really interesting. Yeah, and the like, seasons... There is a decent feed of new content. The seasons have been all around great since the season after Beyond Light, which was about seven seasons ago. And we haven't had any that have just been outright bad since, which was pretty common after Shadowkeep. Well, They've all been, like, good to some of the best content in the game. So, like, I'm still 
I'm still hopeful for any seasons coming forward. This one I didn't have too many expectations for because the ones with DLCs are usually smaller because they've been working on an entire DLC. So, like, I don't mind this one being a little too bare. But I still have expectations for the next three this season, especially because I'm sure there's a lot of unanswered questions to answer before the end of the game. Y'all couldn't see that, but that was in air quotes. <laughs> if only there was some way to say quotes. Yeah. I just... I think in sort of to summarize my whole experience with Lightfall and just with the other other Destiny stuff I have played since Lightfall dropped is that it's still compelling in a way that's hard to define. Like, I didn't love the, the expansion itself, but I've still found myself wanting to play it more than I would had it not dropped, had we just gotten another regular season right now. So, like, I guess it still speaks to the fact that we've been playing it a lot, that there's still... There's still meat on the bones, <laughs> but I do think it just, this, it's not only this could have been a lot more, it was played up to be a lot more. It was advertised as a lot more, and it just, it's just, it's everything about it's just fine. <laughs> yeah. Like I mentioned, I have had fun with this DLC, but it's definitely the most I've been disappointed in one for a very long time. Um, I am still hopeful they'll get the next one right. But now I have doubts. Those are fun. Um, but th there's not really any other developer where even when they mess up, I think they can still get it right again. Um, Destiny, uh, Destiny. Bungie has been around since Halo. Like, I wanted, the, I'm, well, okay. I, they've been around since before then, but Halo was like the big one. Um, and like, They've had their issues over the years with making video games, but I still am always hopeful that they'll get it right the next time. And even though I have doubts, I still hope they'll get it right again. <laughs> I don't know that Bungie's ever made a bad game that I've played. I don't know if they've made a bad game. They've made bad content for Destiny specifically, but oh, everything... Yeah. yeah, but like every Halo game of theirs I've played was outstandingly good. I haven't played their other stuff. <laughs> I would recommend this DLC to anyone that has played at least the past 12 seasons of Destiny and all of the DLC. Because if you've already put that much time into it, then this is a classic case. Just keep going. You know, it's fine. Yep. What's that? What's the opposite of the sunk cost fallacy? <laughs> you've already put so much money into it. Just just keep going. Come on. There's only like one more DLC after this. We you going to stop now? <laughs> we recommend this game to all the people that do not need anyone to recommend this game to them because they're already playing it. Yeah, we, we recommend this game to anybody that's already bought the game. <laughs> but that's already a lot of Destiny 2 talk. So I think that means it's time to pull the plug. Flush, 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 flush. Oh wait, I could I could do it with my phone. Wait, just let me look up toilet sound effect. <laughs> Can I just take the mic over to your toilet and flush it? <laughs> yeah, that'll be the easiest way to do this. I promise. I I found it. I found it. Make sure it's not copyright. <laughs> right, it's not picking up like any of this. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jackson. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta say. Credit to End Beats on YouTube. <laughs> Jackson, what is something else that you've been into? Well, remember when we went like four weeks of me talking about The Last of Us and then I haven't talked about it in a while. No? Well, too bad. I'm not talking about it again. Yeah. It's we over were, now, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. But I'm not talking about it yet. Okay. We were three episodes into The Mandalorian. Ah. Baby Yoda has not said chicken nuggies a single time. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is literally a travesty. The Facebook memes have lied to me. According to them, that's like every other word out of his mouth. Which I guess he said so few words, he could probably just say Chicky Nuggies like once and it would probably fit that. <laughs> There's a pretty good scene where Baby Yoda tries to say this is the way, but it just ends up being like Chicky baby talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like sounds. Yeah. Um, but so far this season's been pretty good. Only three episodes in, but it's off to a strong start. Yeah, it's off to a, as strong of a start of any show could ha- possibly have after just Starting and ending one of the most important emotional plot lines of the entire show somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. They, they ended the whole, okay, in quotes, they ended the whole Mandalorian and Baby Yoda journey in yep. season two, mm-hmm. in quotes. Yeah. Um, but then Book of Boba Fett happened. They were like, what if Baby Yoda came back? Yeah. And well, now he's back. Well, I, I would say that's really important. For, yeah. like, literally every character involved. Yeah, I, I, it's so dumb. <laughs> but we knew it was going to happen, though. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even so much that it was... I thought he was going to go get a different baby. <laughs> <laughs> baby Jar Jar next yeah. season. But, but, like, we knew it was going to happen. Not so much because it was so essential to the plot line or the Mandalorian's character development, as much as Baby Yoda was a cultural phenomenon. I mean, you can't scroll through Facebook for, like, more than 10 seconds after a new episode drops without seeing some meme mm-hmm. about Baby Yoda saying something that makes no sense for Baby Yoda to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this season is very much diving into the lore behind the Mandalorians. Uh, if you remember at the end of last season, he removes his helmet in front of a bunch of people before giving up Baby Yoda to Luke. Um Thankfully, he got him back before an entire Jedi temple burned down. <laughs> but, so now Baby Yoda's back. Mandalorian is an apostate, so he has to go reclaim himself. And that's a pretty big part of the creed, the way. Um, so a lot of this season is already about, like, the lore behind the Mandalorians and how, like, there's the one big sect of the Mandalorians that don't care about that stuff. They will remove their helmets in front of whoever they please. And then there's the ones that are like a cult and will never remove their helmets. So there's a lot of stuff going on with that. Seeing how the different the different sides react to the different parts of the, the old ways. A lot of cool stuff like that. Which I think is a good direction now that the Baby Yoda arc is wrapped up. But also back again. <laughs> Well, the arc is wrapped up, but he's just decided he's going to travel with the Mandalorian from now on. Yes. Yeah. There hasn't been... The most recent episode was already one that's like a whole, like, okay, so Mandalorian's going to be in five minutes of this, and then he is gone till the end. And that definitely is setting up whoever the villain of this is going to be this time around. 
Not too much information on what that's going to be yet, though. That doesn't happen until the last five minutes. Sorry, the last ten minutes, and then the last five minutes, Mandalorian and Baby Yoda come back. <laughs> when is Baby Yoda going to use the Force, a lightsaber, and wear Mandalorian armor? I assume that's what they're building here. <laughs> that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Just like, it has, like, they need to holes. keep going with the Mandalorian for like a decade. What is would Baby Yoda's helmet have ear holes or metal shaped ear fins? <laughs> metal ears, definitely. Okay. You wouldn't want to get shot in the ear. That's true. It'll be loud. <laughs> That's the most of your worries. <laughs> yeah. But um, it would scare him. He's just a baby. Yeah. But yeah, that that's what I've been doing. Uh, Mandalorian's pretty cool. Definitely my favorite Star Wars anything. Um, what are you wow. been doing, Jason? Andor resigned. Andor's pretty good. Um, very different from Mandalorian because it has things that matter. <laughs> Let's see. Um, new season of Survivor started up, and <laughs> let me tell you guys, going just as good as it's been going for the past uh, twenty two years. Just keeps going. It's good. Um, you know, for anybody that doesn't know, a couple seasons ago, they kind of, they decided to switch things up a little bit. They're like, some big changes. Uh, first off, the show only goes for like half as long. So it's a much faster pace of like people getting voted out and stuff like that. And they've also added like a lot of new, there are like small mini challenges that happen fairly regularly where they'll, each tribe will have to pick a person and then send them off to an island. And when they get there, they'll either get some kind of advantage or lose their vote, generally. And then there's also... Uh, my favorite addition is they have new immunity idols that have a challenge associated with them. And they're always really dumb things. Like, one of them that comes up that's come up several times uh, is... There is one of this immunity idol in each of the three camps. And the immunity idol has a really weird phrase that you need to say at one of the challenges before you can actually use it. And until someone says it, you can't vote at all. So uh, what'll happen is like someone will find it like day two <laughs> and then they can't vote for like several, like a week because no one at the other two camps has found theirs yet. And the phrases are always kind of funny uh, because the people that don't know are just like, why are they saying these things? <laughs> because they'll always be, the people will always try to work it into like a normal conversation. <laughs> like it'll be like kangaroos can't hop backwards. And they'll try to make it sound like it's some kind of old idiom that just mm. no one else there is familiar with. It's like, what, you guys never heard that phrase? And then they'll just keep saying it at each at each challenge until they hear the other two phrases from the people of the other two camps. Nice. It's good stuff. <laughs> um, I haven't watched it in so long. I've heard it's like a totally different show now, though, just in terms of like the pacing and the player dynamics and stuff. Yeah, I would recommend around season, I think it was season 41 or 42 that made a lot of these big changes. Give, them, give it a shot. Or you can watch the season that's currently airing. It comes on, like, Thursdays on CBS or something. I don't um, know. I watch it on Paramount+. Plus. I've always been more of a Finding Bigfoot, Bigfoot person. Bigfoot. Finding Bigfoot. I love Fortnite. It's Mega City. Speaking of. What the heck is that? That's what my poll is. You haven't even played Fortnite this season? No. 
Uh, anyways, well, sorry. I, yeah. Team me up. Anyways, Jordan, what you been up to? Nothing. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so uh, it's, it's wild. Like, normally, I have to give a lot of forethought to what my Pulling the Plug segment's going to be, just because I haven't been doing any one particular thing that, like, really stands out like that. Right now, the problem is the opposite. I have been playing so many good games lately and watching so many good TV shows, but I'm still in the middle of most of them. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to, like, get into them yet. So I'm going to talk about the new season of Fortnite instead, which is exceptional. I think that uh, it really gets off with to a bang. I think that the new locations are excellent. I think this is one of the strongest battle passes they've had, which is especially wild considering there are no... Like, it's all original characters. There are no, like, other IPs represented here. Um, so we got dirt bikes... They've replaced the dirt bikes with, like, high-speed motorcycles. Do they still function the same? They can't jump, but they are way faster. They, it's the only weapon with a, or the only vehicle with a boost right now. Bad game. It's the, the motorcycle. The motorcycles fly. Like, they go, like, two or three times as fast as the dirt bikes did. Like, it's wild. Yeah, they uh, hit 70 on the road. Yeah, they go over 100 when you're boosting. It's like there is so much momentum that has been added to this game because of the, like the faster vehicles and there's a new sword weapon that you can use to dash through the air and there are grind rails, but unfortunately those are limited to just new locations. But but regardless, they've added a lot of really cool stuff. It has this sort of kind of cyberpunk, but mixed with like traditional Japanese style. So like half the new architecture are these like traditional Japanese temples and half of it's like skyscrapers and neon lights and crazy like led signs and stuff like it is a very cool juxtaposition that i'm I'm really digging and i really like all the new skins barring the anime one that we get every season every anime skin is bad (laughs) are they gonna have the titanfall grapple or attack on titan grapple they They have not added it yet i assume it's going to release at the same time that uh the bonus aaron yeager stuff drops yeah, it's like probably about the mid-season. There was a video that they launched when the season dropped that showed a player using it for like a split second. But also last season, there was a video at the beginning that showed people using like this bird drone and a giant shield. And those didn't get added until like a month and then two months into the season. So and then I never used the bird. Yeah. I used the shield for the quest and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm liking the season a lot so far, though. I think it's got some of the coolest... Not, there's been no fundamental changes to the gameplay, but I think it has some of the coolest aesthetic changes we've seen in the game so far. Um, I'm really excited to see what they do with it. So far, there hasn't been a ton of new actual content. There was just like an introductory quest line and then some quests that were just, you know, get your feet wet, you know, get kills, survive in matches, open chest, stuff like that. But I like it a lot so far. Um, it's got some cool stuff in it. It has one of my favorite skins of all time. There's like a new reptile man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw that one in the trailer. That's a good yeah. one. I'll yeah. buy the battle pass just for that. <laughs> uh, uh, and I'm going to start keeping like a running uh, thing going here. But we are at this point eight weeks without hurdling. They added hurdling to the game last season at the beginning. Uh, and it has been eight weeks since the last time that it was enabled when it was enabled for a couple days. <laughs> yeah, they can not coming back at this point. There's still like challenges and and the um they're gonna content the mods track. that you get. What are they called? Augments. Augments that mention hurdling by name. <laughs> yeah, hurdling has 
Hurdling has been out of the game longer than it was in the game at this point. But the game still references it everywhere. I think Hurdling, all in all, has been available for three weeks? Maybe. Maybe maybe less than that. Well, and the bug is really funny. Because what the reason they took it out is because sometimes when you hurdle, there's a chance that it teleports you to, like, the last place you were in the air or something like that. Yeah, something so, like that. Like, there will be times where you would use it and just be shot back, like, hundreds of feet out of the blue. Like, your character is just not even, like, moved there. They're just instantaneously there, like, 100 feet away. Like, it was very funny when it was in it. It's yeah. the kind of bug that makes me really confused how it hasn't either just been fixed at this point or how it was even introduced to begin with. <laughs> like, why is it keeping track of your last known position for longer than, like, a few seconds? As soon as you are no longer hurdling, there's no reason why it should know where you last were. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. I don't know that we're necessarily going to see, like, a permanent fix. I would I would sooner expect them just to remove it altogether at this point than to actually fix it. It's they might try I really like the mechanic. Yeah. Because it let you get over, like, chest-high walls. Which doesn't sound as useful as it absolutely is, because there are so many chest-high walls. Yeah. Stuff like counters to get into restaurants, like... You either have to break a wall or you have to find a door at this point. Yeah. So, but yeah, this season's a lot of fun. I mean, there's, like I said, no game, no game changing mechanics. I think like the newest big thing is just the new city map and the sword, but neither of those are huge. But it's been fun. Looking forward to see where the season goes. Um, but yeah, like like I said, I have been playing so many good games that uh, we're going to talk about on future episodes. Um, and next up. We'll be talking about Wolong Fallen Dynasty. Uh, spoilers. That's one of those really good games I've been playing. Uh, Jason and Jax have not even started it yet, so the episode could have a very different vibe than I do. <laughs> um, but if you if you have played the game, we would love for you to send us uh, your reviews or your suggestions. So uh, keep that in mind for future episodes. But for the Totally Biased Media Podcast. Wait, I didn't do any of the other thing. I always, I'm messing up the outro so much lately. Leave us in. Okay, if you want to reach us. Now, the problem is I use all these transition words like if and but and and, but I always use them in like the same inflection. So my mind goes like three different places. So if you would like to reach out to us, there are a bunch of ways you can do that. First, on Twitter at TBMcast. Second, on Instagram at Totally Biased Media. Third, our email is totallybiasedmedia at gmail.com. You can send your reviews for Wolong or any other recent release games to those. We would love to read them on the episode. I've already checked the email to make sure we didn't. That's what I was doing while you were doing I was going to read a funny spam email. Ah, okay. Continue what you were saying. <laughs> but yeah, you can send your reviews to any of those sources. We would love to read them on the episode uh, if, you, if you send them to us. Um, and also, we stream on Twitch, trying to do that every weekend, or as many weekends as we reasonably can. Uh, we're currently in the year of the Kong. We're closing in on the end of Donkey Kong Country 2, but we still have, like, four more games ahead of us. So there's a lot of Kong to come. And, we, and we're not monkeying around. <laughs> but, <laughs> for the Totally Biased Media Podcast, I'm Jordan Walkup. I'm Jason Simmons. Not Jackson walked up. And you just felt the bias. Thank you, everyone. 
Goodbye.